This morning, the scripture reading is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1 to 21. Chapter 11, verse 1 to 21. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, his majesty, his mighty hands, his outstretched arm. The signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his whole country. What he did to the Egyptian army, to his horses and chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea, as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, son of Eliab and Robonite. When the earth opened its mouth right in the middle of all Israel and swallowed them up with their, with their households, their tents, and every living thing that belongs to them. But it was your own eyes that saw all these things the Lord hath done. Observe therefore all the commands I am giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordans to possess. And so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in the vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its seasons, both autumns and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain, and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. Fix this word of mine in your hearts and mind. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children 
maybe many in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. This is the word of God. And this morning, Reverend um, Jabez is going to preach to us, Family, My Responsibilities. Good morning to pastors and brothers and sisters in Christ. May the peace of the Lord be with you. This morning, uh, before I preach, allow me to spend a little bit of the time uh, to introduce myself. Yeah, my name is Reverend Jebes Tiong, um, born in Belawai of Sarike, but grew up in uh, Bintulu uh, since I was two. And my wife, uh, Siu Ling, from KK, and my son, my first son, uh, Louis Tiong, um, who is uh, eight years old right now, primary three. And my second son, Warren Tiong, uh, who is four years old, was born in uh, Cebu. So the reason uh, why I need to introduce myself first is to avoid future, any future misunderstanding. Why? Um, because I have a twin brother. Uh, we are identical. So um, I'm Jabez Tiong, uh, my brother, uh, twin brother, uh, Wesley Tiong. So from the Chinese name, uh, you can tell uh, I'm Hong En, uh, he is Hong Dian. Huh? So there's a reason why I must introduce myself first. Otherwise, and then you, you, you need to look at uh, my wife, okay? Remember my wife. Otherwise, in the future, you may say to other people, hey, I, I see what a Reverend Tiong dating with another woman. Then I will be in trouble. I will receive phone call from Bishop Lau. So, um, but the funny thing is that um, my wife is a pharmacist. My sister-in-law was a pharmacist. I have two boys. My brother also has two boys. So now you know who is the copycat, right? <laughs> okay, that is the first thing. And then, so, uh, so in the future, when you see me, uh, just let you know that if I don't recognize you, there may be two possibilities. One is that uh, you really see me, but I don't remember you. So I pretend that I am my brother, so I cannot know you. But another thing is that, of course, uh, you met my brother, and then he doesn't know you. But in fact, actually, for all these years, my brother already get used to it. Anytime when people call him pastor, he, he knows that uh, people get confused. Another, another thing that all, people always ask me is that, hey, pastor, since you are identical twins, uh, which one, I mean, who is elder, who is uh, the younger? Uh, as I mentioned just now, from the Chinese name, you know, Eng uh, and Dian, you know who is the elder. But this is the official answer that I'm the elder one. But in fact, uh, the truth is, my mother doesn't know, my father doesn't know who is the elder, even the nurse also didn't know who is the elder one. Why? Because as I mentioned, uh, we were born in Blawai. It's a very small clinic in Blawai. Something happened that they confused who is who, who comes out first. So in the end, they have no choice, but they make a decision that 
they put us on a scale to decide if I mean who 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 is the heavier, then he becomes the elder one. So because of that, uh, I don't know whether I should thank God or not. Uh, I'm I mean more heavier than my brother, so I became the firstborn of in my family. So because of this, I always tell people that I became the firstborn in my family, not because of the order or not because by faith, but because of the weight uh, of my weight. So there is something that I need to tell uh, so that you get to know a little bit of my uh, history. So uh, this morning, my title is Family, My Responsibility. I think from Deuteronomy chapter 11, we can learn a lot about our responsibility, especially be the Christian parents. We know that God gives us children so that we have the responsibility to raise them up in a godly way. So come, let's pray before we continue. Father God, Lord, we come before you. We commit ourselves in your hand. May you speak to us and open our heart to receive your word. And so that, Lord, we, we get to take out the responsibility to raise our children according to your will. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The book of Deuteronomy actually can be divided into, eh, can be divided into five parts. The first part, actually, um, we say that it's an intro, intro. This is the time when Moses, he gathered all the Israelites at the east side, eastern side of the Jordan River. And then before he passed away, he gathered all of them so that to give them the last address. So from chapter 1 until chapter 4, actually Moses recount the history of the Israelites. When how they came out from, the, from Egypt and then how God uh, brought them, guide them. And then what happened in the wilderness? And then in the second part of the Deuteronomy, uh, from chapter 4 to 11, it's about how the people of Israelites can live in the promised land as the people of God. And then the, the third part is the law of book and the law of, the, the, of God. And the fourth part is the blessing and the curses. If they obey the law of God, there will be blessing from God. Otherwise, there will be consequences. And then lastly, there's the epilogue. So our passage this morning is taken from the second part, which is living as the people of God. There's a reason why uh, I set my title as family, my responsibility. Because you can see that even though Deuteronomy is about the law of God, but you can see that actually God is concerned about the family. Reformer Martin Luther, actually he used to say, uh, next slide, he used to say, a revival of religion never lasts longer than one generation. Never lasts for one generation. When Martin Luther said this, he said one generation, he refers to 30 years. He said a revival of religion never lasts longer than one generation, if we are not careful. John Wesley actually also said the similar thing. He said the Methodist revival would disappear in one generation without vigorous program of Christian education in the home. 
So, so John Wesley, the founder of our church, Methodist Church, actually emphasized a lot of family discipleship, especially when we know that his own mother, Susanna Wesley, really spent a lot of time to disciple, I mean, all, all the children. We also learn from Reverend John Piper. He used to say the most important school a child should ever attend is the home. And the most influential theological teachers he should ever have are mom and dad. John Piper, we knew about his son. Actually, some of you already knew that his son publicly proclaimed that he gave out his faith. So it is a sad thing to see that a pastor's son publicly give out his, his faith. But we also need to remember that, of course, it could happen to any one of our children. If we, as the Christian parents, we are not careful to take out the responsibility to disciple our own children. So there's a reason why this morning I want to emphasize on this through, from Deuteronomy chapter 11. There are a few points that I want to make. First of all, is the, eh, the title is, I mean, cannot be seen. Okay, the first point is the reason, the main reason is because of the ignorance of our children. When I use the word ignorance, I'm not using it in a negative way, but just to, to show that the, the, the second generation or the new generation of the Israelites, they have no physical encounter with God, I mean, in the, in the Deuteronomy, in the, in, the, in the Bible. There's a reason why, if we go to chapter 1, Moses, he said to them, he said that the little ones that you said will be taken captive, your children who do not yet know good from bad, they will enter the land. They will enter the land. The younger generation, of course we know that the first generation who came out from Egypt, they were not allowed to enter the promised land, but only the second generation. The second generation. But the problem is, the second generation, they were still young. They, they have never seen or they have never experienced the mighty edge of God in their life. So Moses, he said that because of the ignorance of your children, so you must take out the responsibility to educate them. So if you go to chapter 11, okay, I should point this, this side. Uh, next slide. Chapter 11, let me read for you. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, His majesty, His mighty hands, His outer arms. And in verse 5, he also again, he said that it was not your children who saw what He did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place. Actually, if I put it in a more orderly way, actually we can see more clearly. In chapter 11, verse 1, Moses, he made an important point to everyone. He said that love the Lord your God and keep His requirements, His decrees, His laws, and His command 
always. Then he said that remember today that your children, they were not the one who saw and experienced the disciplines of the Lord your God. What are the things that your children have not experienced? His mighty acts, His majesty, His mighty hands, His outstretched arms, the sign that He performs and the things that He did in the hearts of Egypt, both the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and his whole country. None of this has been experienced by your children. And continue, he said, your children were not the ones who saw and experienced what? What he did to the Egyptians' army, to his horses, chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they're pursuing you and how the Lord brought lasting ruins on them. That's not the end. He continued to say, it was not your children who saw. Who saw what? who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place. It was not your children who see what God did to Dathan, to Ariban, the son of Eliab, the Rebanite, and the earth opened out its mouth right in the middle of all Israel. So there are a lot of things that the younger generations has never seen or experienced. In verse 7, Moses said, but it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. It was your own eyes. A few days ago, um, I had a breakfast with a a member. He shared with me uh, about his younger days of childhood when he needed to spend one hour on the bus just to go to school. He also shared with me, when he was young, how the family lives were threatened, were in danger because of the communist uh, activity. He said that when they were at home, sometimes they heard the gunshot, gunfire, then every one of them in the house must uh, lay low. To be honest, to be honest, when I listened to all this sharing, I told him that I'm sorry that I cannot relate to all those experiences. I believe some of you can relate, right? Some of you can relate. But for us in the younger generation, we cannot imagine how difficult for the older generation to go to school, to receive education, to fight for their life. It is exactly the same for the younger generation uh, in the Bible. They have never seen or they have never experienced the almighty, the mighty acts of God, how God saved them from Egypt, how God divided the Red Sea. They have never seen. So it is the responsibilities of the, the parents to pass down the faith, to share their experience. So in the same way today, I believe that we all sitting here one way or another, you and I, we have encountered God in many ways. So we put our trust in God, we experience God, we experience the healing power of God, but not our children. They have never experienced that. So there is the danger for our younger generation to lose their faith. So they, because of that, 
our parental modeling is very important. We need to show them. We need to help them to know God. So verse 7, he says that it was your own eyes. They saw all these great things the Lord has done. And then in verse 8, so therefore observe all the commands I am giving you today. Observe all the commands I'm giving you today. So, brothers and sisters, the first generation of Israelites who came out from Egypt, they have gone because of the, their sin in disbelief. But now Moses was talking to the parents and then to ask them to, what, to obey the commands that Moses was giving them. Because the reason is because as parents, we need to experience, we need to obey first so that we, are, we have something to share to our younger generation. We have something to share with our children. In verse 8, he said, observe all the commands I'm giving you today. And then in verse 13, again, he said, so if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, so the question now is, what are the commands? Actually, Moses say in uh, chapter 11, verse 1 already. In verse 1, he said, love the Lord your God and keep His requirements, His decrees, His laws, and His commands always. And then he repeated again in verse 13, to love your God and to serve Him with, with all your heart and with all your soul. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus also quotes from this passage, from the Deuteronomy. To love the Lord your God, to serve Him, to keep the commands. Brothers and sisters, the, the problem is, if we as parents, if we don't love God, it's impossible that we, we, need, we can tell our children, hey, you need to love God. As parents, if we, don't, if, if we don't observe the Sabbath, it is difficult for us to ask our children to come to observe the Sabbath. If we as a parents, we don't, we don't follow the Word of God, we don't read the Bible, we, we don't show them how to put our trust in God, it's quite impossible that our children would do the same. I came across this article uh, many years ago that take your kids to church. Of course, this article emphasized, emphasis, put an emphasis on the father, the dads. In this article, he quotes from a survey it's a very, very interesting survey trying to compare between the families in which one parent or both parents or neither attend the church regularly. And then how does it affect the younger generation? According to this uh, research, they found out that if only the mother attend the church regularly, only 2 to 3% of the children grew up to do the same. If both father and mother attend church regularly, 33% of children grew up to do the same. 41 go to church irregularly, and 25% would drop out entirely. It's, that is possible. 
if for both parents to attend the church regularly. But what they found out is that quite interesting. If only the father attend church regularly, forty-four percent of children follow their dad's footsteps. But of course, this、uh, research is not done in Asian countries. But we can it, it tells us something about the importance, the influence of a father. There's another research also done、uh, to study the closeness between the fathers and the children, and then the the spiritual growth of the children. They found out that if if the father and the children have a closer relationship. Then, 56% of the kids share the same level of religious commitment when they grow up. But if the father and the children have a weaker relationship, then only 36% of the the children、uh, do the same. So, it tells us that father, the influence is there. But of course, it doesn't、uh, say that. Starting from today, all the mother, you do not need to bring your children、uh, to the church, because we, of course, we in the Bible we see, and then of course in the church history, we see that God used mother. If you remember Timothy, how he was influenced by、uh, his own mother and grandmother. John Wesley is another example. So God did use mother to raise up godly children. But the point that I want to make here is that, as parents, we ourselves we must set a good example. We ourselves we must observe, we must obey the law of God, so that we have something to show to our children. We have something to tell our children. Again, again, the most important school a child should ever attend is the home. And then the most influential theological teachers he should ever have a mom and dad, because we in these recent years we start to emphasize on the importance of family discipleship. As you know, that it is never enough if we just bring our children to Sunday school for one and a half hours per week. It's never enough, because our children. Spend more time at home, and then he can see how you spend time to read the Bible. You you have all the a lot of opportunity to share with your children your life testimony. Unless you have nothing to share, unless you have nothing to share, so parents, we really need to equip ourselves, and then to bring out. Our children in a godly way. So that's the that's the, my third point: the responsibility of the parents. The responsibility of the parents. In chapter five, actually, when、uh, Moses he talked about ten commandments in chapter five, he say, "But the but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Only you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter." He mentioned about. Your children, the children, the younger generation. So not only the parents, but the parents has the responsibility to make sure that everyone in the household we obey the Ten Commandments. We obey the Ten Commandments. 
the parents, especially the father, you have the spiritual authority given by God. We are very familiar with these six, right? Deuteronomy chapter 6. Again, it says that these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Your here refers to the parents. Only then, he said, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. In chapter 11, in chapter 11, again, teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. The point here is that we as parents, of course, we have the responsibilities. But first of all, we must have the Word of God in our heart first. Otherwise, we have nothing to share. We have nothing to offer to our children. In fact, John Wesley talked about, has a sermon entitled, On Family Religion. You can see that he also mentioned about husbands and fathers. He said, husbands and fathers are to restrain household from all outward sin so that they might serve the Lord. They might serve the Lord. In other words, but of course, as, father, as a father, as a husband, if, if you yourself, you don't really care about the Word of God, then how do you restrain your family members from sinning against God? So we ourselves, as a husband, as a father, we need to know the Word of God. And then when we see our family members do certain things that is not pleasing to God, then we have the responsibility to stop them. And secondly, he said that Husbands and fathers are to instruct their household by attending to the ordinances of God, to read, to meditate, and to pray every day. Every day. We have the responsibility to instruct. You may ask how to do it. John Wesley said, instruct them as early as possible. He said that when your children start to understand what you say, then you need to start to read the Word of God to them as early as possible. And then secondly, to instruct them plainly in a very simple way. And then thirdly, to instruct them frequently, not once a week, not once a month, but frequently. And then the third point, instruct them patiently. Patiently. Don't expect to see the fruit of what you are doing. Maybe after, after one, one month, then my son can memorize 10 verses, can understand the Word of God. It's impossible. We need to instruct them patiently so that we can see the fruit in the long run. In the long run. My, my wife and I, uh, we, did, uh, we are doing family altar once a week. But a few years ago, uh, 
my wife found a book in the church library and then she learned that, according to that book, she learned that actually family altar is not enough. In fact, as Christian parents, we need to um, bring our children to read the Bible, to do devotion together every day. At first, we thought that it is quite, quite challenging because my two boys are still young. But in the end, we decided that we, we better start as, as early as possible. So we have do, been doing that for a few years, that every night before they go to bed, my, my kids go to bed, me or my, my, my wife would call them uh, to the bed and we would do, we call them, we, we, we tell them that we need to do devotion together. At first, they don't like it, um, but s- slowly, actually, they like it. In fact, they start to say that something like, hey, uh, we need to do devotion, or uh, we need to do family altar. And there are some materials that uh, I can uh, recommend to you. Uh, this is a very simple, uh, easy-use uh, material for preschoolers. Actually, the content is very simple. I believe every parent can use it. Uh, it starts with a very simple uh, Bible verses, the title, like for example, Jesus and the children, and then there's a very short uh, message. Then after that, there is a question, then um, end with a prayer. So this is a material for uh, preschoolers. This is another one uh, written by Rick Warren, God's Big Plans for Me. It's a storybook Bible. Children really like it, actually. So again, it's a similar uh, setting, format. A title, a Bible verses, stories, and then prayer. Very simple. Less than, less than five minutes, in fact. This is another one uh, for children. Five minutes Bible, Bible devotional uh, material. Very simple. And then uh, last year, um, I, found, I noticed that actually my son, uh, who is primary three, actually, uh, as he is getting older, I think uh, the, form, uh, the material is not suitable for him. So I tried to get one for him. So I, I buy this one. Day, day by day, kids' Bible, um, they, they change some of the wording uh, to a very simple way for children to understand. For example, they don't use the word disciple. They use special friends of Jesus Christ. Special friends. So that the children can understand. So uh, I start to uh, guide my son uh, to read um, this kid's Bible uh, every day. So there are, there are a lot of things that we can do actually. Provided you are willing to invest time and energy in your children's life. I want to share this, uh, brother, because some, people, some of you may say that, hey, pastor, uh, I'm a single person, um, so I do not have children, so what you are saying does not apply to me. Actually, the, the Word of God actually applies to everyone. Actually, God can use every one of us here. Some of you know this brother, uh, Bruce Ting Ming Dai. Some of you, I believe you know, uh, who is from Cebu, a uh, Fuchao, and then went full-time uh, to Taiwan for 20 years, 16 years in, in China, and then back to Malaysia, Malaysia now. 
uh, someone introduced him to me when I was in uh, Cebu. When we were talking, uh, because I, I studied in Taiwan before, so I heard he mentioned that he served in a Zhongyuan University in Taiwan. When I heard he mentioned about Zhongyuan uh, University, I'm quite interested because I have a friend who is a professor there. So I asked him, I said, uh, do you know a professor called Peng Wenhui? Then he said that, he surprised, he said that he, he know her very well because more than, I guess, more than 20 or 30 years ago, when he was serving in this university, uh, Sister Peng Wenhui uh, was... He discipled Sister Peng Wenhui. What happened was, when I went to Taiwan to join a Taipei Methodist Church, Peng Wenhui was one of my youth advisors who really changed my life. Who really changed my life. Sister Peng Wenhui spent a lot of time with the youth. She really uh, invests her time she, because she is single, but she's, she is willing to spend time with us, uh, brought us around, and then share with us the Word of God, disciple us. I can say that today, I am who I am today, part of the reason is because of Sister Peng Wenhui, who was my youth advisor. So when I think about this, I reflect I, re- I believe that God can use every one of us, whether you are married or you are single. God can use every one of us. You can invest your time and energy to disciple the younger generation. Why? Because of the ignorance of the younger generations. The younger generation can be your children or can be the youth or the, the, the children in your church. Secondly, we need to be a good example, not only in the, in the church, but also in a family. And then thirdly, the responsibility of the parents. Or you can be someone's spiritual parents. God could use every one of us. So I pray that, I pray that every one of us, when we learn from Deuteronomy chapter 11, we must always remember that our younger generation, they may not have experience with God, but you did. You do. So you must have something to share with the younger ones. I pray that God use every one of us mightily. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we give thanks to you for your amazing grace that you have done a lot of great things in our life. But Father God, we know that we must share our experience. We must live out your grace in our life so that the younger generation, they get to know you. Our children get to know you. The youth in our church get to know you. Father, May you use every one of us. We are willing to offer ourselves to you for the sake of your kingdom. We give thanks to you for listening to our prayer. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.